The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor. In case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. Then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. You will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. You don't have to listen very closely at all to know in our part of the world Religion has become sort of a dirty word. It often implies people's experience of oppression in institutional settings, often in the name of God. So we have to sit for a while today with that language from the collect, which says in part, increase in us true religion. Well, it begs the question, doesn't it? What is that? Right? Just yesterday evening, I was at a wedding rehearsal dinner downtown at Piazza D'Angelo. And if any of you have been down there on a weekend, you know how crowded it gets. We were all packed in there, having a good time. Many of us were standing with the younger group at the bar gathering drinks, and then when we realized we were starting to get underfoot there, we moved outside to where the table was set. But no one wanted to sit down, because the groom had not yet put the place names at the table. And I thought, well, there it is, isn't it? Today's gospel. After 2,000 years, somebody heard the lesson right? 
Jesus' wisdom teaching at first glance is quite conventional. But as usual, at the end of his parable, his teaching gives a little bit of a kicker. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You could say in this context that Jesus knows his audience well. The Pharisees were the faithful, on-the-ground religious authorities of his day. They knew the scriptures well. They knew the traditions perhaps even better. And they were very interested in the ethics of how to be faithful Jewish people living in their time. They were also, incidentally, at least according to Luke, a group that believed in the resurrection of the righteous. That is, there was going to be some reckoning on the last day, and the dead would be raised, and God would open the book and render judgment. That sense is all throughout Jesus' teachings in our gospel reading today. And he is teaching out of a profound and deep and ancient tradition of wisdom. We've heard echoes of it today. It's reminiscent a little bit of a podcast I heard just a couple of weeks ago interviewing an author who writes about cosmic questions, like what is the fate of the earth? and the human family? Where is the universe headed in the long term? And you listen to him very long, and you you start to hear this, this sort of resigned fatalism creep in because of what the science right now tells us, that in around 100 million years, life on Earth will cease to exist. The sun, as it ages, will have gotten too hot to sustain life here, and the water will be boiled away, and eventually the atmosphere will be boiled away by the expanding sun. And, as he notes, that means all human civilization will be gone from the face of the earth. You might think that's a new idea, but did you hear that reading from Sirach today? Sirach writing about two centuries before Jesus is teaching that same wisdom. Incidentally, it was common in some Greek philosophy at the time as well, this sense in which human pride is perhaps the greatest folly. And if you think about it for very long, Sirach is pointing back to Genesis the opening chapters of Scripture, pointing back to the story of being in the garden and Adam and Eve committing perhaps the first sin and many commentators and ancient spiritual leaders would say that first sin is pride, putting themselves in the place of God. 
So in that sense, Jesus' teaching is very consonant, not only with the ancient wisdom tradition, but what we know about the fate of the human family, at least in temporal terms today. And so Jesus uses that to subtly point out one of the primary modes of the human condition, which is our grasping. We are always grasping after more. Now, in our society, we often think about that in terms of capital, that is, building wealth. Or we think about it in terms of building up material goods. In Jesus' world, it was most common to be grasping after honor. That is how you guaranteed your place in the community and the society of the time. Honor, like capital is for us today, had a limited amount. And so there was always an exchange, a transaction going on. And in any social interaction, there was always the question in the back of people's minds, will this gain honor for me and my family? Or will I lose honor? And in that exchange unfolded a lot of the everyday life. Not only in the Jewish communities in which Jesus was teaching, but in the wider Greco-Roman empire of the time. Honor was always at a premium and was first and foremost on the minds of anybody who was anybody. So Jesus is speaking to that tendency to reach out and grasp for honor. That's the whole teaching about be careful when you are a guest at a banquet. But then he does something profoundly radical. He turns to the host and he says, don't invite the people who will bring you honor to your banquet. Don't invite your brothers and sisters or the esteemed in the community, those who can repay you, but instead invite those who will bring you dishonor, the poor, the destitute, the blind, the crippled, those whom others would think are less than worthy of being guests at your table. Invite them. Luke is probably not only digging into Jesus' teachings, but he is also digging into a very primordial memory for the church. And that is, by the late first century, we Christians had made a mark for ourselves in the wider Greco-Roman world, perhaps in the Jewish world as well. 
because we were one of the only groups that were making provision for the poorest of the poor, that were handing out food to the least in the society around us, that were caring for the sick and the unclean and those who were regarded as disposable by the wider culture. And it was a radical witness to what Jesus gave us at the heart of his teaching, and that is Jesus is presenting to us a new world that is not based on grasping for ourselves. Instead, we are called to become what the Guarani called the people of the open hand. You know anything about the Guarani? They are a tribe in the Amazon, and they have known about Western societies for centuries about their tendency to come in and grab and take and steal and plunder. They were on the heel of colonial efforts dating back to at least the the 15th century. And the sense in which they contrast their egalitarian ideals, being the people of the open hand, of being willing to share always, versus those who come and grasp and take. If you've ever seen the movie The Mission, you know what I mean. Jesus invites us to become like that. And says in terms that the Pharisees would understand, and we might understand, because we are rooted now in a tradition that believes there is more than just this temporal life. That we are transacting in this life much more than grasping after honor or wealth. We are transacting in relationship that is based on a whole different currency. And that is the currency, of course, of love. That the whole intent of the gospel is to remake the world and our whole economic sense and our whole way of being in relationship based on that currency and nothing else. To relinquish our grasping after power and honor and wealth and material goods something greater. That ancient word religion literally means to rebind, to bring back together. What is true religion? It is all that we do and all that we have and all that we are that is about pulling back together the life of the human family, of binding us together again as one people, drawing us back into the life and love of our Creator.
Anything else is about the old ways of grasping. So Jesus asks us this day, choose your path. And in choosing, the world may be changed. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Oh,